0: Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. I'm really excited to get to know Lauren Spencer Smith. She is one of a kind. You may have heard her song, Fingers Cross, She has a brand new one out now. It's called Flowers. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about life and so much more. So get ready. And uh, please like our podcast, hit subscribe and share it with those you care about. That's the only way we get to keep going. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Now let's talk to Lauren Spencer Smith. Hello, beautiful human. I'm so excited. We're here hanging out in the studio with Lauren Spencer Smith. (laughs) Hey. You have three names.
1: I love it. That's like a big deal. Really? Okay. You know, in middle school, I don't know. This might have just been like a my thing, but (laughs) you would put the initials of your friends Mm. or like the initials of your boyfriends, and everybody in middle school like wouldn't put mine in because like. I had 3 and you were only supposed to have 2. What? And I just like feel so excluded and I'd be like why do I have like two last names? I don't like it. But now it's like kind of iconic and everybody's like hey LSS. Like everybody says LSS.
0: And everybody in internal conversations and preparing for your arrival mm-hmm. have they, they refer to you solely as LSS. Yeah,
1: I love it. The, it is really it's something. It's yeah. royal. It makes me I know, it makes me feel like important yeah. having three names. I
0: mean, you kind of are <laughs> how does it I mean you're eighteen, yeah, like such a baby
1: i know i I don't feel like a baby, but then there's times where I do.
0: Why do you it not feel like a, like a baby?
1: I just feel like I grew up really fast, like I got a job at like a really, really young age when I was like eleven or twelve, doing what? Um, I worked in a restaurant. Um, well, so at well, first I started busing. It was called Smitty's. Cool. Um, cleaning tables. And then I was just so talkative and, like, would randomly start taking orders that my boss was like, do you want to just, like, be a server? So I was, like, 12, 13, coming home with, like, $300 no. <laughs> in tips. And, like, I always made money. Like, I, my parents got divorced at a young age. And so I just didn't have money. And my parents were like, well, if you want something, you need to go, Gotta work. go work for it. And so I just walked in somewhere and was like, hey. I'd love to just start cleaning tables, like, whatever I can do. Like, I just want to make money. He was like, okay. And that was how I got my first phone.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And, and I very much relate to that. My parents also yeah. divorced. And, like... It,
1: it, they see? all do. <laughs> I don't know anyone with together parents anymore. It saddens me.
0: I mean, honestly, the rate of success is so low. So low. Are you afraid to be in a relationship?
1: Oh, my God. So I'm in a relationship.
0: Oh, Mazda. and But tov. I just
1: wrote, I know, love him. But, but that's I, right. A
0: lot of your recent music is about good, yeah. good love energy.
1: Yeah. And I just actually wrote a song called 41% because we randomly looked up on Google and it said like the world statistic is that 41% of people get divorced. <laughs> so the ending line is like, I don't want to be like the 41%. It's obviously higher in, like, North America. Yeah. But, you know, there's countries like, you know, India and stuff like that. Like, that's arranged marriages. Like, they're not really getting divorced. With 41 uh, is yeah. still so high. 41 is insane. It's, like, 80-something wow. in America. I'm, like, terrified. My whole life I was, like, I'm not getting married because if I don't get married, then I can't get divorced. And it's just a regular breakup. Like, I was so against it for so long.
0: So what does this new relationship teach you about love?
1: Like- Everything, I feel. Like, my whole album that i'm releasing this year is about how i met my boyfriend and i thought like my career's over i'm not gonna be sad you're gonna make me way too happy i'm not gonna write any sad songs but all it did was like if my boyfriend bought me flowers i would think about how somebody didn't buy me flowers or they only bought me flowers when they were sorry like i would Mm. just compare everything and it just gave me so much song inspo to write like my boyfriend has taught me absolutely everything about how you're supposed to be treated even just like on a friendship level like people should respect your boundaries and people should care about you and if someone wants to put in the effort they will like my boyfriend is like the best of all boyfriends
0: Ooh, i got yeah. goosebumps
1: he's the best I'm, I'm obsessed i'm in love i'm in my like <laughs> honeymoon phase uh, <face> forever <laughs> so
0: two questions one i mean in terms of like what that does for inspiration
1: mm-hmm. I, I you know
0: it's really funny like it it Good things happen, and you still instantly compare it to mm-hmm. similar situations that you've been through. Mm-hmm. So all of the music you're writing is about yourself. Yeah. How do you meet this person?
1: Yeah, I met him at the gym. Sick. Yeah. What? Like we, I kind of knew him like around the gym, and then we just kind of started talking online, and then we knew each other from the gym, and then we just started talking. But when I first met him... Um, we started talking because he's older than me, so I was like, "Oh God, he's gonna find out I'm like younger than him. He's gonna like hate me." Like, ah, I was like so awkward about it, and we were just like talking nonstop. We'd like Facetime every night, and then we were like, "Okay, let's hang out." So we hung out once, and then I went to Europe for two months because wow. I had music stuff to do. So I already was like, "This is over. Like, nothing ever works out for me. Like, I can't be happy." And my boyfriend, like the whole time, was like, "No, like we'll still talk through the whole thing. Like, I think we can make it work." And long story short, we did, and the second I came back from Europe, I, like, went to his house, and now we're dating.
0: Yo. (laughs) Even the fact that he was, like, down to make that work. Some guys have been, like...
1: Insane! They would have given up on the spot. Like, my boyfriend was so... Because I was willing to make it work, and there's a part of him I feel that was, like, I don't think she... We'll want to make it work But I was trying to explain to him the whole time Like this is my job I always have to travel So whether I'm with you or I'm with somebody else I still have to make it work So as long as you're willing to make it work It's going to work And it worked <laughs> And how
0: long have you guys been together?
1: Um, I think we've been together for like six months now Let's yeah. go We're on a roll
0: Six months and counting
1: Six months and counting We're still at the like, fetus yeah.
0: stage or We're counting in months Yeah It's fine
1: Like we, We've always just felt like we've known each other for a long time though like, even even now, I'm like, oh, it just feels like I've been dating him for, like, a year.
0: That's great. Yeah. Gosh. I want yeah. love.
1: I love love. I'm so obsessed with it right now.
0: So, okay, is your debut album done?
1: Basically. Like, I have some, like, vocals to re-record and stuff like that. And I have a couple of other concepts in my head that I'm like, I need to write those whether they're for the album or not. But I need to write them before the album comes out just in case one of them is just meant to be on the album. But for the most part, yeah, we have tons of songs to choose from, and we're trying to buckle down and nail which ones we want.
0: How many songs do you have, like, pending that could make it onto the album? Too
1: many. Like, over 20. And I have to nail it down to, like, 13 or 14. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. Sick. Yeah.
0: That's exciting.
1: I'm very excited. It's like I'm glad. I'd way rather have more music than come short and not have any like, enough music. So.
0: How do you tell when you're done needing to create for this yeah. body of work?
1: I was wondering that the whole time I was writing. I was like, when am I going to be done? But now I feel like I have so many songs that conceptually tell a story with each other that it was almost like I kind of broke up with this other dude. We didn't really date. And then when I met my boyfriend, I started writing all these, like, comparative songs, just comparing the two situations. And now I feel like I'm at the end of comparing the trauma, like I'm happy in my relationship. There are things where I'm, like, I still have trauma responses for certain things, but I'm not, like, oh, my boyfriend's going to break up with me. Like, I know he loves me. He's not going to turn around and, like, break up with me tomorrow like other people used to do. Like, I've accepted that my boyfriend just cares about me. And so once I accepted that, I stopped writing songs almost that were comparative and now all the comparative songs just flow together so well that i'm like i think this is the album
0: so it's just gonna be the stage of you comparing
1: yeah there's the beginning of it is a little bit of like sad break i b i've never been in love and then it kind of tells the story of comparing the two but it also in so many sad ways like there are two there's one happy song that the whole vibe is just happy you cannot you know, take it in a sad way whatsoever. But every other song, you would listen to it and think it's a sad song because it's more of my boyfriend did something nice, I compared it, and then I wrote something about the sad side of comparing it, not the happy side.
0: Uh, How is this body work connected to Fingers Crossed? Is Mm -hmm.
1: it? Same dude. We're (laughs) writing about the same dude. Wow. So it's definitely connected. Like definitely the struggles of getting into a relationship with my boyfriend now having to just unlearn so many things, I learned those negative things from the person I wrote Fingers Crossed about. So it all feels like it has been the last eight months of my life. Just the whole album is the last story of my
0: life. And do you feel like you're experiencing this alone or with other people in tow?
1: A little bit. I felt like I was experiencing it with my boyfriend because he has been through similar things and he was the one like watching me have mental breakdowns and being like, I can't be in love, like, you know, being a teenager. But I definitely felt like I was kind of going through it alone. The more I release music, the more I realize I'm not alone because I write it thinking nobody's going to relate to this. And then when I put it out, everybody's like, oh my goodness, no one talks about the aftermath of a breakup and getting into a new one. Like, I totally relate to this. And then I think, oh my goodness, so many other people have been through this. I was not going through it alone. But in the moment, I definitely felt Like I was going
0: through it. Do you feel like there's people waiting to hear the rest of the story because of what you've built through fingers crossed? And obviously before that with Idol and stuff like like I I think two viral moments kind of change your life forever. Mm -hmm. It's you singing Lady Gaga in your dad's car (laughs) and then it's you posting a snippet of fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like a lot of my fans also think that fingers crossed is kind of like a screw you song like yeah he had his fingers crossed like i could say i'm sorry but i'm not and like kind of me coming for him but it was also more of a reflection piece it was i met my boyfriend and then i realized oh like this person really did not mean it when they said they love me just because of everything they used to do and so i think once i release my album they'll realize more i wasn't going into the studio being like screw this guy i was going in reflecting on something that had happened a couple months ago and it'll just tell the story even better.
0: Is this have you, have you been have you been wanting to share the rest of this story yeah. with people so yeah. they can't make up the rest of it in their head?
1: Yeah. But I also like I think when you listen to a song everybody interprets it differently. Totally. So I want people to interpret it if you want fingers crossed to be your screw you song i want fingers crossed to be your screw you song (laughs) but for people to know me as a person and my personality and what happened to me i love being open just about my life i want people to know the true story behind why i wrote it and then if they want to interpret it differently they totally can
0: you seem so old i I mean that like in the most (laughs) like the most respect like obviously like one people under a certain age you take that as a compliment. Yeah. Uh, people, like, probably over 25 do not. Yeah. <laughs> but under 25 do. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's wild. You seem like an old soul, but my, my gut is mm-hmm. saying it's because you've definitely been through a lot.
1: Definitely trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always trauma. People are like, you seem so old. I'm like, trauma, my childhood. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. And, you know, yeah. people
0: would say the same thing to me. You know, I started this show when I was 14. Mm. And, like, I would be, thro- like, thrown into, like, crazy fucking situations yeah. all the time insane and then people would be like oh you handle it well and it wasn't until like later in therapy i was like i definitely handled that well because yeah. like, it was nothing compared to all the other shit yeah. i've been through
1: no like sometimes when i'm in therapy i'll say something and my therapist is like lauren like that's that's a really big deal like i can't believe you went through that and i'm like damn that that was a big deal yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't feel like it was a big deal but that's low-key kind of a big deal for like a 14 year old has
0: <laughs> therapy helped you make music
1: Mm, Yeah. So actually, oddly enough, I started going back to therapy because I watched Joshua Bassett's interview with you.
0: Oh, I'm going to get goosebumps. Yeah.
1: No, seriously. I went to therapy like last summer, basically lied to my therapist and Mm. just like said I was fine. Stopped going. And I was like, screw therapy. Like, (laughs) it's useless. (laughs) I don't want to go. I wasn't ready to talk about my emotions. And then I watched Josh's thing. And just the way he was talking about life, he just like, oh I, like, I got chills. Me and my best friend both individually watched it on our own and then later came to each other. She was <laughs> like, did you watch Josh's interview? And I was like, yeah, dude. Like, I just signed up for therapy. And she was like, me too.
0: Whoa. Like,
1: I literally watched that and was like, I think I need to go to therapy because he seems like he's okay. Because he learned all these things from therapy.
0: By the way, he's one. He's such an incredible human being.
1: Yeah, he just seems like such an incredible human being. He, I'm a fan. I,
0: it, me as well mm-hmm. forever. Hello, Joshua Bassett. <laughs> I know you're out there watching.
1: Hey, Josh. Watching. <laughs>
0: he's really is so incredible. But that makes me happy. But yeah. also, therapy does. Was that your first time going to therapy ever?
1: Uh, in the summer, I went, and then I like lied. But it was my first so. time like going back and actually being like, I'm going to talk about my issues and commit and commit to it.
0: I, you know, I, I, very similar, weirdly, like I went and I tried it out for a few months
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I, I didn't feel like I was being, I felt like I was afraid to be totally honest with my therapist.
1: <laughs> 100%. I did the same thing.
0: It, mainly because I thought I was going to scare them. Yep. And at one point I was trying two therapists at a, at once. and I was like, <laughs> fuck, am I going to scare both <laughs> these people? <laughs> like,
1: no, seriously. I was terrified. I just was like, I can't cry in front of this. Like you're almost, you joined therapy and it's not like talking to your best friend about your problems. No. It's like you're actually getting help, and that is, like, such a terrifying feeling. But I was like, I have to commit. Joshua Bursitt did it. Like, it helped him. Like, you're <laughs> going to get help. <laughs>
0: that, and it has it going? Yeah.
1: I love therapy. Like, I'm like five times a week. Let's go. <laughs> Time me up. I, will literally, I would go to therapy every day if I could.
0: How have we been taking everything that's been going on? Because the truth is you have a hit record on your hands. Mm-hmm. You have a major record deal, mm-hmm. and I, I do, f- you, you, is it fair to, like, okay, I want to go back a little bit. Yeah. 2019, a song goes viral, but, like, h- how many years prior to 2019 were you singing? Yeah. And exploring what it meant to, like, create music?
1: hmm I mean, I actually didn't start, like, I've always songwritten just at a young age. Like, there's videos of me at, like, my little piano trying to write songs, but I didn't start Legit songwriting in sessions until about like just almost over a year ago, and so I always sang in the car. I sang everywhere around town. I was always singing like just everywhere at home since I was like three.
0: Well, what do you learn about yourself as an artist from making covers? Cause like you mm-hmm. do some fucking awesome covers. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you have two albums released. Well, mm-hmm. you technically have three bodies of work that house covers yeah your ep i think it's mixed emotions has all covers except Mm -hmm. for one but uh, unplugged Mm -hmm. i mean volume two and uh, wins you a juno yeah (laughs) and it's a covers album
1: yeah that one was actually we i did like just a show in my hometown and we just took the audio from the show and then put it on spotify i was in like a weird space where i wasn't really songwriting like i wasn't doing my own songs because I was a little too young to constantly be going to the States and just, like, you know, writing with different people. Yeah. But people wanted music, so we were like, okay, like, we'll just do some covers for everybody and, like, trying to do it low budget because I wasn't making a full-time income, so I can't just rent a studio for $2,000. Yeah. So we were like, what is, like, the cheapest way to give my followers what they want while also being budget-friendly?
0: But do you feel like you fell into having an audience through this Lady Gaga cover?
1: Yeah, I, that was definitely, like... If every time somebody asks me, like, how did you start? I'm like, that whole video changed my life. Like, people just knew who I was, and like, producers wanted to work with me, and writers wanted to work with me. It's just like that was the moment people knew me and then wanted to help me grow myself as an artist.
0: But you said you're more than just the viral video.
1: Yeah, I say that all the time.
0: <laughs> but like, there are two defining life and career moments that are attributed to really big viral videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does Fingers Crossed tell you about virality? Yeah. Because this time it's not a cover, it's yeah. your own story.
1: Yeah, with with Fingers Crossed, I almost get intimidated because if my I'm so, like, I set a goal and if I don't hit it, I'm working around it, trying to figure out how to hit it. Like, no matter what, till the day I die, if I set the goal, I'm hitting the goal unless I die trying. <laughs> and so... When Fingers Crossed blew up, I'm, like, so stoked about it, but I'm in my head thinking, oh, my goodness, if my next song doesn't do as well as Fingers Crossed, I'm going to be, like, in straight work mode for, like, months on end trying to, like, recreate what happened with Fingers Crossed when I just need to, like, accept, okay, Fingers Crossed is amazing. You can still do amazing with it not reaching Fingers Crossed, or you can do better than it and just, like, accept what the outcome is. But it's so such a weird feeling to go from, like, zero to 100 like that. It's just so, so odd.
0: Even though, like, American Idol gives you, like, a taste mm-hmm. of what it could be, even though, like, you're... you're- yeah. Your season's historic for two reasons. One, you're the first Canadian to ever make it as far as you did. Yay. And two, it's the first season of American Idol to have to be done halfway COVID. through your fucking house. <laughs> yeah, so, like, like it's already, like, a yeah. a crazy show. It was so even crazier, yeah. yeah.
1: Like, we literally, people don't even know this. Like, we had to genuinely wake up, like, hours before. And for me, I was doing it outside on a deck. So I'd have to bring all the equipment back inside <laughs> every day and reset it up. Like, we were being, like, the sound people. The pre- We were being everything just me and my dad like I was like (laughs) what is even like happening like this we're not even on American Idol like we're at my house at the lake like what the hell it was like so odd but no like I'm very fortunate that I had different moments like I went on Steve Harvey and I was on American Idol so like I had a feeling of what it was like to be in the industry. I didn't really go from zero to 100. I felt like I kind of went from 50 to 100. And I was working with people. Like, I would go to an event and, like, you know, a celebrity would be there. I didn't just randomly. But it
0: is different, though, like, people, like, knowing you from a cover than knowing you for, like, your story.
1: It's so different. And it's just, like, you just – all these things change in your life. Like, when I get off a plane at the airport, like, a car picks me up. And I'm not, like – how, which Uber am I getting? Like, waiting 13 minutes for my Uber with all my stuff. Like, somebody's holding a sign that says, Lauren Spencer Smith. And then I'm like, hey. And they're like, okay, can I carry your bags for you? I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, it's just so many weird things like that. That's just it's so odd. It's so different. Yeah.
0: I, so, okay. It is crazy. Because mm-hmm. the internet changed your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Music's changed your life. Do you remember the first song you actually ever wrote?
1: Yeah. Um, I think actually the first song I ever wrote was like with one of my friends. Her name was Paige. <laughs> hey. Um, we were like best friends growing up. We love Paige. Um, and she had like a grand piano in her house and she like can play the piano. Like she did piano lessons. Like she's amazing. Her family is like pretty like musically inclined. Um, and we would just like sing songs together. I remember we just wrote some random song about like the rain falling. It's always like everyone <laughs> uses the same four chords, like everyone that wrote their first song, we all have the same melody and the same four chords. But I think one of the first songs I wrote was like with her
0: what what do you learn about what What do you learn about music from fingers crossed that you want to take with you?
1: mm I would say a lot of the times I feel like people go into sessions. And they write for themselves, which I think is really important. But I think the reason Fingers Crossed did so well is because it resonated with so many people. Mm. So now when I go into sessions, I think, what is everybody, is everybody mad on TikTok right now? Is everybody sad? If everybody's sad, let's write a sad song. If everybody's happy because it's summertime and it seems like everybody's trying to have a hot girl summer, then let's write a song about a hot girl summer. Like, fingers Crossed made me check in with myself and be like, I need to be in check with what's happening on the Internet to make it relatable for other people while also... Telling a story about myself and making totally. it personal.
0: But but in this moment, you did you lead with other people, but you led with yourself and just happened to resonate.
1: Yeah, I just love it myself, and it ha- just happened to resonate. And
0: are you f- afraid of like reversing this the system?
1: <laughs> Not really, like because I have teased songs since Fingers Crossed, Flowers. And, yeah, and people. Are resonating with it so i'm like i think the system's working i think naturally with fingers crossed just being a teenager and being on the internet so much i naturally did that in my songwriting thinking okay well everyone's kind of in a breakup space it's like weather depression season i know that's not a thing in la but like where i live you know everywhere else there's weather depression like i think i subconsciously thought in my head because i was writing like you know happy songs and love songs around that time too and randomly i went in that day with this thought of, I need to write this. So I think I subconsciously did it, just being a teenager on the internet, knowing that.
0: Soaking it in, but also going through your own stuff. Yeah. So how many songs are you currently teasing on TikTok?
1: Oh God. I think I've teased like three recently, Wow. maybe four.
0: All expected to be on this album?
1: All, yeah, I'm hoping all of them are on the album.
0: What do you mean hoping?
1: Yeah, well, I feel like there's so many that there needs to be a whole discussion, but I'm pretty adamant the ones that I teased. Are going on the album.
0: How do you decide which songs make it to tease?
1: Honestly, usually, if I write, sometimes I write the song that day and I'm so stoked on it. And when I get sent the demo, I'm like, yeah, it's going on TikTok. Or I'll just be really loving the song and resonating with it myself and I'll tease it. But it's honestly kind of sporadic and random. But I feel like my fans decide what goes on my album majority of the time. Like,
0: through the teasing? Through
1: the teasing. Like, if I post a song ten times and not a single one does well, I'm like, they don't like it. But if I post it and it gets, like, ten million views overnight, I'm like, this is on the album, absolute no question. Uh. Like, everybody wants it.
0: Who, like, like, is it crazy to think that that's, like, the new way to gauge audience, it's fan interaction, reaction? Yeah.
1: Like, I love it, because I that's how I started, basically. Are
0: you one of the architects of it?
1: I kind of think so. Like, even when... Um, my Lady Gaga video went viral. I released a cover of it because everybody commented and was like, we really want this on Spotify. And so then we were like, okay. So we recorded the version. And then the same thing happened with like a Louis Capaldi song. Yeah. Everybody commented it. So when TikTok came around, I started posting covers and they would blow up when I put it on Spotify. And so I just thought to myself, okay, I guess that's how we'll do it. When I write a song, but by
0: the way, also like an old school approach to it, which dates back to like early YouTube covers that yeah. are like fifteen years ago. Yeah, like the same exact thing same of like thing. if you release something and people like it, you like Connor Maynard. There's so many. Yeah, Kurt Schneider. I can go through yeah. all Sam Sui. All these people who like created like the cover mm-hmm. on YouTube. It's so crazy. It is yeah. almost the same.
1: It's it's kind of the same. Like I feel like a lot of people. Who don't do the teasing thing, like now kind of get a little bit flustered about it because they're like, I can't do this. But if you don't have a big platform, you can't just release a song and people are gonna download it. Like you have to try to market it yourself on the internet totally. and have it blow up. And now, if that strategy already was working for you, now you have all these followers, like you can just keep doing that and it just builds more momentum.
0: But not everybody can write their own music too. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between people who just stay as a cover artist Mm -hmm. and then, like, make the transition.
1: And it's hard. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it's really hard to transition from covers to your own music. I was so terrified for that transition. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it. People only know me for my own stuff or for covers. Are they going to like my stuff? Like, I was so terrified.
0: Was When They Were Us the first song you ever put out that was yours?
1: Yeah, so that's actually not mine. Like, somebody wrote that, Okay. and I just, like, kind of sang it.
0: What was the first song that you ever did?
1: First time yeah. back to friends. Uh,
0: great record. Yeah. So Thank good. You. Really good. Thank you. Wow. Where were you? Like, was talking about a relationship, right? Yeah.
1: Same dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote that in New York with a bunch of my friends um, last July. Wow. Yeah. Sick. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, you were in a, a the place. I received from it was like just wishing you could go back to being. You don't want to like lose the relationship totally.
1: Mm-hmm. The whole concept of that song was like, I wish I never told you I liked you, because now shits.
0: Working. It ruined it.
1: Yeah, and now it's like oh. we're in this weird phase of like, what is this? And we're constantly going back and forth. It's like if I would have just kept my mouth shut, we would just be friends right now.
0: Yeah, I, I lost my best friend because I told them I was in love with them.
1: Never. I anyone who's thinking of telling their best friend. That you like them? Don't do don't it. do it. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't lost do my do best it.
0: friend of thirteen years.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, yeah. We even talked. It's gonna be a year, come June. Aww.
1: Yeah. That's so- also what I learned from that experience and my boyfriend now, is that like if somebody likes you, you will know. Yeah. Like from the moment I started talking to my boyfriend, I was like, this dude's into me, and he knew the same thing about me. Like he complimented me. Like he did all these things, and when you're like friends with someone and you like them. Like you don't realize that they don't do all those things and you just think, well, maybe they do like me and they're not saying anything. But it's like if they liked you, they would do those things, you would know. Like <laughs> I feel like such an idiot sometimes.
0: <sighs> yeah, you invent something that's not there. You just make up reasons <laughs> totally. as to why. Yeah, excuses. why they
1: wouldn't. Yeah, excuses. That's a great song <sighs> title.
0: Excuse Yo. It is a good one.
1: I'm gonna write that. It's going Please on the album.
0: Do <laughs> <laughs> you're you you're already chock full of songs. <laughs> yeah. Are you focused on creating other projects too, or are you right now just solely Tunnel-focused mm. on album.
1: So right now, album. And I'm also writing a bunch of Christmas songs. Oh, sick. I really want, like, a Christmas album. Whoa. Or a Christmas EP. I already have a bunch of Christmas songs. So now I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be an EP. I want it to be an album. So,
0: like, original Christmas? Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: So definitely there will be classics on it, because, as you should, like, yes. I really want to do, like, a slow piano of, like, mistletoe or something mm. like that by Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. But they're all... I know. I think it became became so cool. Well done. But the Christmas, my Christmas concept is that growing up, I loved Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. But because my parents were divorced, it was always so crappy. And so all the concepts are like, you know, I hate being single on the 25th and like a broke Christmas, which is like when Christmas comes around, you're like. I shouldn't have bought a car in June because now I can't afford to buy my mom a gift. And then you show up and everyone else has money. Like, they're all just concepts about like parents or Christmas was fun until my parents got divorced. Like, Uh. random people actually Christmas is like, the best time of year, but everybody I know is stressed.
0: No, I've been saying this for years. Christmas brings out the worst in people (laughs) and nobody wants to admit it. Nobody admits it. It it heightens your depression and heightens your loneliness and heightens your sadness. Yeah. It heightens the tension that could be just existing. You know what it's great? When it's like you and a child and you get to witness a child opening a gift. Anything around that, total... Uh, d- 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 Makes trash. no sense.
1: And even people like for me, it was like, oh, I'm going. Am I going to mom's? Am I going to dad's? Yeah, like, that
0: it, being divorced. Oh, <laughs> the or, or, worst. Or the, having the two Christmases. Like my dad would like have Christmas <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And then my mom would have real Christmas. And then they'd fight <laughs> over what gifts they were allowed to yeah. get. Yeah. It was like the Yeah. It, 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 it was terrible. It, it, if you're <laughs> watching this, <laughs> yeah. like I appreciate you trying. Yeah.
1: But, seriously.
0: Like, oh my god.
1: And it would just like low key. I would see my mom like being stressed because she like couldn't afford to get gifts. But then she'd buy us things. And then like, I would know that now we can't afford to eat next week. (laughs) It would like be like a whole thing. And like halfway through the day, I'd have to go to my dad's and then I'm like not in my pajamas. And you're supposed to be in your pajamas all day on Christmas. And it's it's, like, we're turning it into a whole thing. But everybody who even has together parents, like they're still stressed about buying gifts. You can still not have money at Christmas. Like you're like, you know, the kids are like, why is mom in a bad mood? They're like, oh, because grandma's coming. Like they <laughs> yeah. still, there's, I don't know a single family where everyone in the family has like the best dynamic ever. And it's just the best time of their lives at Christmas and nobody admits it no. and nobody talks about it. So my vibes are like a sad Christmas and actually talking about the things Love it. that I went through.
0: That's the shit I want to blast on Christmas.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited.
0: Not many people were like, yo, I want to do a Christmas album.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to. I've literally wanted to forever. And I called one of my best friends who I write with. Her name's Gina. And her parents were also divorced her whole life. And I'm like, dude. And she was like, I'm all over this. Like, (laughs) We both were just coming up with the concepts together. Because I was like, there's only certain people I could write this with. The people who, like, even my producer who I was doing it with, midway through, I'm like, did you, like, how did you grow up? He's like, oh, Christmas was great for us. Like, my friends were together. I was like, okay, so you're not relating to yeah, this. Rub it in. Yeah. But I have to write it with the people who, like, fully, really get it. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Is it true that you lived in your car at <laughs> okay, a certain no, no, point? no. I didn't
1: live in my car. What is going um, on? I lived with my friends. At, so, like, okay, backtrack.
0: Yeah. So this yeah. is, like, post-itle? <laughs> like, a year
1: ago. This is, like, a year ago. Oh, yeah. wow. I would, I basically went to LA for four months like last March and I moved all my stuff out of my room and I was like, mom, you can take my room. Cause my mom was like sleeping on the couch for like multiple years and I had the bedroom. And so when I left, I was like, look, I'm going away for four months. You just take the room. I'm not coming back. Like my, my thing was, I'm going to move to LA. It's going to be great. Not really thinking of anything. And so when I came home, I was like, oh, I don't want to kick my mom. Like, back out of the bedroom. <laughs> like, that's so shady. And so all my best friends were like, well, you can just stay with us. So it was, like, summer. Everybody had just graduated. So I was like, okay, I'll just, like, live at my friend Sarah's house. And so I did that for, like, a while. And then every time I would go to the, S- the States or go to Europe and then come back, I would go stay at my friend Sarah's house. Like, I literally, like, lived in her brother's room. <laughs> her mom's, like, my second mom. Because I didn't want to, like, make kick my mom yeah, you can't back out, right? And so when, fingers crossed, Dropped. I didn't really have anywhere to like do interviews. Like sometimes, like her mom would be working at home, or like you know she had to do stuff, and I would literally take all my interviews and all like my record label meetings in the car, in my car, in like the downtown parking lot. <laughs> and then as of recently, I just moved into an apartment.
0: Congrats in yeah, Canada.
1: In Canada, in my hometown. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, so are you gonna, you're curious. gonna stay in Canada?
1: Yeah. Um, it's like a big debate. Like I love my normal friends my non-industry friends and my mom and my Keep boyfriend it. and they're all ho- at home so i think for the next little bit just because i'm traveling so much there's no point in me like do it living in la and paying ten thousand dollars a month to not be in my apartment right like no. where i live on like an island so it's kind of low-key Stay chill there. vibes yeah don't i'm kind of loving it
0: you'll be corrupted yeah. it's terrible yeah <laughs> that's like, what ray says yeah come when you want and, yeah like yeah go don't be here yeah. it's terrible it's the worst Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool though.
1: Yeah. And I like always forget about it. And then people are like, Lauren, like, do you not remember when you're like, at, you were in like a fight with like your siblings or something? And then like you just had to like run to your car and like take an interview in like a parking lot. And I'm like, no, I like completely forgot. And they're like, that's like so crazy that you even did that. And now, cause now I have like an office in my like apartment. Like I have my own room with a whole desk set up with a ring light and I do all my meetings and I've just like bypassed that I was like, Low key, like a little bit homeless for a little <laughs> bit, and sleeping at my friend's houses.
0: Well, you also signed a major record deal.
1: Yeah, in the span of like I still in the middle of that, I was getting an apartment.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Well, because fingers crossed blows up. Yeah. And then the major comes a knocking.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, so they were already knocking kind of before it was yeah. dropped.
0: But you were doing your thing.
1: But we were like, okay, we're not we're not doing anything until it drops because you never know.
0: <laughs> Smart. Yeah. And because that changes everything, too.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, it could, like, I mean, this is what happened is it did really well. And so then I'm, like, more important, essentially.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because it grew. You did your thing with it before any major came in. Mm
1: -hmm. Which is so crazy to me. Like, a lot of my friends that have had songs like that, it blew up. But then, you know, they put some money behind it or they paid certain influencers to make a sound to it. Like, we literally didn't pay a dollar for anything with Fingers Crossed. It was just, like, straight. Everybody just really liked it and was making videos to it, which is, like, the most insane part.
0: There is, like, a, a whole community of artists that have used TikTok mm-hmm. as a way to originate music. Yeah. I mean, one of my great friends is Clinton Kane. Oh, I love him. I mean, it, he is... I, it's like it, like like I like get like it makes me his, like I, I want to vomit. Like, no, I literally like it. at any crazy. session
1: I join. They're like, okay, like, is there a reference track? I'm like Clinton Kane, Clinton Kane, Clinton Kane, <laughs> anything Clinton Kane. Like I love his music, everything he writes about. His voice is insane.
0: But there is like a community of artists that have really used TikTok.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean Clinton Kane, Tate McRae, Tate McRae. I mean, yeah. but Tate was around a little bit, like you take yeah. did her thing before, uh, Claire Rosencrans. Yeah. There's like a a lot.
1: There's so many of us.
0: It's crazy. But you're one of the the pioneers.
1: I kind of love it. It's pretty sick. Lil Nas Well, yeah. He,
0: I mean, God. Lil Nas X did the thing.
1: Yeah. I wish I was on the thing when Lil Nas was on the thing. Like, he started, like, right when it started. And I was kind of, like, doing covers on TikTok and then, like, slowly transitioned into it. But if you're, like, one of the people that, like, really, really does it at the beginning, like, the, the app just boosts you. So much
0: it changes. Uh, yeah, it can change your life. Yeah. but are you afraid of the algorithm at all? Like, what's Absolutely. your relationship like with it?
1: Love love hate. <laughs> right now, I'm in a loving mood. I love the algorithm. It has been so great to me the last six months. Like, I haven't. uh knock somebody, knock on wood. There's a yeah, actual piece. Yeah, I of haven't right there. gone through a phase of like a whole month where my views were like crazy down great. and I wasn't gaining. Like, I've been in a nice upsell recently, but it's terrifying because one day you can you might think your 30-second videos are working and then you have no idea it switches to seven-second videos and all your videos are flopping and all the content you've made the last month is useless because it's not seven seconds. Like, things just switch so quick, especially on TikTok. Scary. Yeah, very scary. It's kind of like at any moment, like, like your promotion could just absolutely go downhill and your song, like, won't do well.
0: That's, but, but that's a common thread amongst all the artists mm-hmm. that work, that utilize TikTok and yeah. I've gotten known from it is like there is a fear but also there's a want to get to a place where you don't need to utilize TikTok as yeah. a way to market That's the goal. and promote your music.
1: The goal is I'm not known as the girl from TikTok.
0: But I don't think you yeah. necessarily are.
1: Yeah, I don't think I am but I think there's a lot of people that are like are you that girl from TikTok? And like no one goes up to Ariana is like oh my god Are you from, like, Victorious? They're just like, you're Ariana Grande. Yeah,
0: but just being honest, like, for a long time they did.
1: Yeah, and so my goal is to, like, slowly transition and just be Lauren Spencer Smith. And when they're like, how did she start again? Someone's like, I think she started on TikTok. Like, that's (laughs) kind of the goal. But I don't really think, when it comes to my music, anything else in life, I'm always thinking about the negatives. I'm like, what if this happens? What if that happens with my music? I'm always like... I don't care what happens because whatever happens, I'm going to be fine because I'm going to find a new way. I'm going to make it happen. Like, if TikTok deleted tomorrow, I'd be, like, racking in on every other social media platform waiting for the new platform. Like, I would be upset, but I'd be like, I'm going to find a way to make it happen without TikTok. And so I try not to think about what if the app gets deleted. I'm like, I'm just going to use it as much as I possibly can to my advantage until hopefully it stays around forever, like Facebook.
0: What is the fuel and the motivation behind that? Like, is it the want to just share your music? Is it the want to, like, just write down and create your own emotions into
1: song? It's, like, I feel like it's a mix of both. But I feel like, one, I feel like I've kind of always been like that. Like, my parents will always say, like, if you tell Lauren she's not going to do something, she's going to go do it just to prove you wrong. (laughs) Like, that is definitely a big part of it. And I feel like a lot of the times growing up, there were so many people that told me I wouldn't do it. So I think a lot of – I never think to myself, I'm going to do this because somebody told me I can't. But I think that's in the back of my mind Mm. as, like, fuel. Like, it's kind of like – I just finished watching, like, the Michael Jordan series. Like, one person will say, like, oh, good game. And he's like, it's on. Like, one person could be like, oh, like, I've never heard your music. And I'm like, I need to make everybody in the world know this. (laughs) Like, I'm just so – also I think maybe, too, I didn't really grow up with a lot. Like, I didn't really grow up with a lot of money and a lot of things. And so I've always just wanted – to be, like, super successful and, like, buy my mom a house and, like, just also be successful to a point where I can, like, make a difference and make a change and, like, get back to people. And, like, you know, I, like, couldn't join sports sometimes unless, like, somebody helped pay for it. So, like, I want to be the person that, like, if I have kids when I'm older and their friend can't afford to join soccer, I'm like, don't worry, Florence got it. <laughs> Here's your soccer. Like, I wanna always wanted to just be super successful for those reasons too. But it's weird because even when I'm successful, I still, I'm like, oh, all I want to do is hit three million on TikTok. The second I hit it, I'm like, not even excited. And I'm like, four million. Like, I never That's even good. take a moment. Complacency yeah. and
0: comfort equals death.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it almost, everyone's like, you don't even like celebrate your moments. I'm like, because I'm already on the next goal.
0: Great. <laughs> I was the exact same way when I was yeah. your age and it was amazing.
1: I kind of love it. I just feel so like, I always want to work. I always want to do things.
0: Don't change that. Don't get yeah. old. Because it yeah. could change a little bit. Yeah. Honestly, that was like, it was like a, it's almost like a a blind, it's like, like, it's it's naive, but like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, you just go for it.
1: Exactly. Everyone always says to me, like, like, oh, like, weren't you ever scared to be a singer? And like, the answer was no. Like, I walked around everywhere my whole life being like, I'm going to be a singer. And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to move to Los Angeles. They're like, when? I'm like, I don't know when I'm 19. I'm going to sing out of sing outside a record label until somebody notices me and everyone was like what the hell like I'm like if you want to do something do it just do it like there's so many ways to make something happen if that way doesn't work find a new way like you can do whatever you want in life if you're willing to make it happen
0: amen it's true
1: (laughs) it is and I honestly
0: think like it's something that like is kind of new to our generation or your generation Mm -hmm. than like the younger side of my generation yeah. You're like Generation Z, Super Z. Yeah. But I'm like the younger side of millennials. And yeah. And there was a few people, like, and I also think, like, the democratization of content creation and the changing of, like, what it means to make a video and share a video or mm-hmm. make audio and share audio, like, it's changed the world. Yeah. Like the concept that anybody can create or do whatever they have sitting in their head Mm -hmm. and then also in the same breath get it out there Mm -hmm. to the fucking world. Yeah. Is crazy.
1: Yeah. I love it too. A lot of my drive I think also comes from like I'm so like a therapist friend like everybody calls me for advice. Everybody wants to know what I think on it. And so like I'll go through a situation or a breakup And the one thing I want to do is take everything I learned from it and help other people. And so I get to do that in my songs is that I'm like, oh, people like listen to Fingers Crossed. They're like, oh, I just realized like the guy I dated actually was kind of a shithead and he didn't treat me right. And when he told me he loved me, I don't think he meant it. And I'm like, great. That is exactly what I wanted you to come to the conclusion of when I dropped this song. Like, I love helping people. And I know the more people get to listen to my music. A lot of the songs I've been writing too have been very... I didn't even I didn't even write them for myself. I wrote them because I was like, if somebody else is going through this, I want them to know I've been through it. And, like, how do we make that into one song? And so when they listen to it, they feel comforted.
0: Do you get anything from finishing a song?
1: Yes, 100%. Like, I'll write something that's going on in my life and feel completely okay about the situation after I've written it. Interesting. Yeah, but also probably because I overshare in the session and then, like, the writers, like, comforting me and giving me life advice. And then by the end of, like, the five hours, I've, like, low-key had a therapy session and written a song.
0: Have you ever thought about taking stories from other people's lives and turning it Mm. into music?
1: I recently did that, actually. One of my friends—I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but whatever— she, like, got broken up with, and I'm like, why'd he break up with you? And she was like, my boyfriend just told me, like, he, like, didn't think I was pretty anymore. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my jaw god. Jaw dropped
1: when I heard that. I oh. was like, first off, anybody tells you that? To the curb, ladies. People, people suck. People seriously suck. And so I wrote a song called Pretty, and the ending of the song is like, Are you stupid or was I not pretty enough? And so the whole concept is like completely not about my life.
0: Do you feel accomplished? What do you feel after that?
1: I definitely feel a little bit less accomplished than when I write something about myself in a way. Because I feel like when I'm writing something about myself, I just feel so connected to it because it's mine. Whereas I still feel accomplished when I write something about something else, but it doesn't feel as personal to me, which I think in a weird way, like, disconnects me from the music.
0: I understand that.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes people, people will send you demos and be like, I really think I could hear you on this. But just the fact that, like, I'm not relating to what the song's about... I'm like, this song's amazing and it's fire. And I think another artist is probably going to make this a number one hit. But for some reason, I can't get behind it because it's not about me. It,
0: but with a cover, did you have like a strategy or a technique behind breaking it down and tackling it? Because obviously you made songs that
1: mm-hmm.
0: didn't sound like yours sound like mm-hmm. yours.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times I would look up like some karaoke version and then I would like slow it down. And then sing to that, and then that would kind of turn into the... Because even Always Remember us This Way is slower than the original. I think or it's a lower key or something like that. I would, like, sing it in whatever way. A lot of it was my mom, too. Like, I would sing it to her in a certain way. She'd be like, don't sing it like that. Like, you sound too much like Lady Gaga when you sing it that way. And I'd be like, okay. She's like, sing it how you sing it. And I'm like, okay. And I'd re-sing it again. She'd be like, that's the way. That's the way to sing it.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. This is... I mean, your story's wild. And you're Canadian.
1: I love it. Go Canada.
0: I love Canada. I'm
1: wearing the Canadian colors.
0: Dude, Canada's <laughs> the greatest country. It, filled with the greatest is. people. It is.
1: It everybody's nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Like the I live in British Columbia, so like the wilderness is just amazing. Uh, the trees, the they, nature. They make
0: really good bud there. <laughs> BC bud. They're famous for it.
1: I didn't even know that.
0: They are. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I mean, you're 18. You should not know. I'm
1: not legally old enough actually. Yeah, yeah it's 21. It's 19. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. In America, it's 21.
1: I know. It's ridiculous. Wow. I'm not really actually even into that scene whatsoever, but it's like, to know I'm not allowed bothers me. <laughs> like, when someone tells you you can't do something, you want to do it. So I'm yeah. like, that's so annoying. Like,
0: <laughs> you're not, you, you don't really want to do it.
1: Yeah. No, not at all.
0: But just because you can't, you want. But
1: just because I can't. Exactly.
0: So, American Idol, it's just, why'd you do it? Were you afraid? Like Like, it is crazy. You mm-hmm. may be one of the most successful things to have come out of American Idol in recent years.
1: Mm, I actually haven't even thought of that. Oh, it's true. (laughs) Um, I actually had someone I was working with that just really wanted me to do the show. And there wasn't really, like, any Canadian options, really, unless, like, I went to Europe or something like that. Um,
0: Well, like, City TV, I think, airs American Idol in Canada, right? Yeah, it's like everyone
1: I knew had to, like, go get the channel when I was, like, going on it because it, like, wasn't just a thing that's, like, on the TV. Um, but I had someone I was working with and they just really wanted me to do it. And then I kind of started looking into it a lot more. I had obviously watched it and watched all the YouTube videos and I was like, okay, sure. Let's audition. And I just kind of like went and did it. I didn't honestly, didn't even like think twice. I was like, okay, I'll just audition. And I just auditioned. And the next thing you know, I was on the show and I was like, great. Now I want (laughs) to (laughs) win.
0: There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a date for the album?
1: Uh, no, not yet. Ooh. Yeah. How about tour? I know I'm doing, like, some shows and some festivals this year. Um, Pretty sure I'm doing some shows in, like, LA and New York at some point. Don't have dates for that yet, though, either. And I might be doing some shows, like, with some other artists, debatably, in, like, September. Um, But I'm definitely hoping to do my own tour for my own album next year. Exciting. Yeah.
0: So, like, next single, Flowers?
1: Yeah. That's the next one.
0: When is it coming?
1: Yeah, I actually am telling everyone today it's coming April 14th.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: So really soon. Ooh. Yeah. Very nice. I'm very excited. Two weeks. Yeah. Not even. Sick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What is that? 11 days.
1: Yeah. 11 days. <gasps> I'm Wait, so excited. Is
0: it April 4th or 3rd? What's today? Oh, 10 days. 10 days.
1: <laughs> 10 days till flowers. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's exciting.
1: I'm so excited.
0: How do you know a song's done?
1: Mm. That's a great question. I actually don't usually leave sessions with, like, out the song. Not, like, fully done. Like, you know, you need it mastered. And you want to make sure the vocals are right. But, like, just for the songwriting process and, like, the vision of what we want it to sound like. Like, I won't leave the session until, like, we've done the lyrics. We've done all the melodies. And we know exactly what we want.
0: Have for you ever story. left a session because you knew you weren't getting anything?
1: I wish. Usually what happens was I just would like blatantly be bored and like half-ass write the rest of the song and they'd be like great we're done (laughs) and then you never listen to the song again. I wish I was that person that had the courage to mid-session be like this isn't working. (laughs) But I usually just, like, finish it, and then I'm like, oh, I should have said something. But I almost feel worse saying something mid-session.
0: Because then you feel like you offended them. Yeah,
1: and it's just, I might as well finish it and then be like, oh, I didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like, just keep everything (laughs) neutral and nice. But I haven't had that happen in a really long time, actually.
0: Are you selective on who you choose to work with?
1: Yes and no. Um, There's certain, like, personality types that I feel like... I connect with better with, mm. like if they're like, I don't know, random example. Oh, we have this person who's like, you know, super like, oh, she's a female and she's also like, she's exactly like you. She's like super outgoing and likes to be the leader in the room. I'm like, I already know that's not gonna no. work because there's two leaders now. Like I love writing with people that are just like timid and like really can like pull the story out of you. Um, but I'm kind of, I for the longest time, when I started writing like just over a year ago, all I wanted to do was do a session with like basically somebody new all the time because I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn who I liked writing with, how other people write to learn what my writing style was. Now I feel like after doing all that for about a year, I've nailed down what, how I like to write. So therefore, when I'm picking who I write with, I make sure that they like to write the same way that I do. So we're connected lyrically and just melodically and concept wise
0: you know exactly what you're looking for
1: yeah but i definitely will mainly honestly work with anyone if someone was like this person's really great here's some of their stuff i'm like set it up <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> do you do that to learn
1: yeah usually to learn i feel i love writing with like i have some core people that i'm like these are my people i could have sessions with them at any moment and they something great is going to come out but i do like incorporating new people to learn
0: what is your writing flow like even though you're gonna release an album Mm -hmm. before the end of the year
1: yeah will you keep
0: making music probably
1: yeah there there's times where we're like okay buckle down session every day for two weeks like Mm. song song songs and then there's times where i'm like i have there's nothing going on guys i'm just in love and i'm calm like you need to give me a month I need to get in a couple fights. Like, (laughs) I need some concepts in my life. But I'm. Anytime something happens, I always want to write about it. Like, you know, you randomly said excuses, and I'm like, that's a song title. I'm already like, I want to write excuses.
0: Will you write on your own and then go to sessions with notes?
1: So I'll write like, sometimes, if I have a bunch of sessions at once, I'm not walking in with like a paragraph of what I think it should be. I'm like, here are the concepts I've been thinking. Let's come up with something. But most of the time, I walk in being like. I really want to write a song called this and it's about this, this, and this. How can we make that? And they're like, great, let's do it. Piano or guitar? I'm like, piano. Like usually I have written out what I want it to be about. And sometimes that changes when the other writer's like, what if we flop that or what if we call it trees? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes somebody flops and you're like, that's a wonderful idea. Oh my God, let's do that instead. But most of the time I have an idea of what I want to say.
0: And how do you decide if it starts on a piano or a guitar?
1: Mm -hmm. Honestly, right now... I'm in a phase where I'm like, how many piano songs do we have on the album? How many guitars? What are we missing? Do we need an upbeat? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of being like, we can't have a whole album of just piano or like just guitar, just all of one thing. So I'm trying to even it out. But most of the time, it's like, if I've been listening to Go to Hell by Clinton Kane on repeat, I'm like, I want to write a song like Go to Hell, like, or I'm listening to Julian Michaels, JP Sachs, If the World Was Ending. I'm like, can we write a piano sad song? It usually depends on what I'm inspired by. Vibe. And then I'm like, hey, can we do a similar vibe to this?
0: You, I, did I see you at Tate McCrae's concert?
1: Yeah, probably. Like on the roof? Yeah. Were you there?
0: I, like, I was there, but I, I, I didn't know if it like was you or night? not. night? Yeah, yeah. Oh my
1: God, yeah. I was totally there.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone was there that e- night. E- literally everybody was there. Yeah, Livia like, Rodrigo it, it was, was there. I, I know. Who else was there? You were there.
1: Gail was there. Addison Ray was there. Addison Ray
0: Addison was Ray there. Addison Ray and all
1: her friends, whose names <laughs> I forget. But they're definitely, I've seen them on the internet, so I know that they're people. Uh. And who else was there? Alexander23 was I there. I love him. I, I saw him and I was like, I wanted to say something so bad. Oh, like, you should have. That's what everyone said to me. They were like, Lauren, you're going to miss the moment. Like, you should say something. I was like, I don't know. I can't. Like, I'm breaking out. But I love him.
0: Oh, now I want to introduce you to He
1: is. He has a song on his. TikTok that he hasn't released. I want him to release it so bad. And it's about like, um, it's like, guess the hardest part of getting old is that some people that you love don't. And it's about how like, I think someone passed away in his life. And he's like, the hardest part about growing up is that not everybody grows up with you. Yeah. And I was like, dang. <laughs> like that <laughs> you need to release yeah. this right now so i can cry to it dude please yeah where's he at? Oh. i will promote it for him yeah now i'm gonna cry just thinking about it what the fuck <laughs> the lyrics were like insane like i Ugh. the tease works it does
0: alexander 23 he's the best he seems like
1: the best he's but like in his God. moment his aura just seemed like super like chill and like I'm alexander 23 and i was like i'm scared like, he's, like, tall, like, I'm intimidated, he's really talented. Like, I was too scared to go up to him, and I kind of regret it now, but at the same time, I'm like, if I went back, I probably still wouldn't have, because I would have been nervous. And, like, sometimes people don't like when you, like, fangirl.
0: That's, like, nonsense. Yeah. I think everybody really, first of all, it's know. coming from you. Second, I don't know if like, he, like,
1: knows me. Like, he might just be like, this is a random girl.
0: I think he probably knows
1: you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think he, like, has his finger on, like, the pulse yeah. of culture. Like, a little bit. I hope. <laughs> Me <Yeah>. too,
1: <laughs> but I didn't want to like I don't know I didn't want to bother him. He's like middle of watching Tate, and then I'm like, oh my god, I love you! Can you please release that song on TikTok?
0: Oh no, <laughs> you, you got to annoy them like like on the roof.
1: Yeah, but I saw him up there too, and I was still like,
0: yeah, that was your moment.
1: Oh, he just looked intimidating. I was scared. Oh.
0: Now I hope to be in the same room as you one day. Yeah, or I'll I was gonna say I'll Facetime him, but I don't want. Yeah. like Maybe that's too embarrassing for you.
1: No, I'd be, I feel like, ah, oh, no, I feel like I'd be awkward. I'd be so Let me awkward. Know. I'm here. He would be like, hey, and you'd be like, I have a fan. And I'd be like,
0: <laughs> That's hey. not how you. That is not your introduction.
1: <laughs> and you would be like, oh, hey, it'd be so awkward.
0: That's not that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Has anybody reached out to you, though? I mean, like, your DMs must have some cool people in there, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um, Did
0: Olivia Rodrigo reach out to you? No. No?
1: But I, I saw her on the roof. Did he say hi? I yeah, I don't think she remembers me at all because I'm probably, like, irrelevant in her life. But I was talking to, like, Mimi, and she came up to Mimi, and then she was like, yes, we are Olivia. And then we actually ended up taking—Mimi took a selfie of all three of us. Mm. And then, like, the next day it was, like, in magazines being like, Lawrence Mr. Smith, Mimi, and Olivia hanging out at the Tate McGriff show. And I was like, this girl does not know me. Like, there's no way she remembered my name, like, whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, but I love her and her music. Like, yeah,
0: she's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've covered a lot here. Mimi yeah. Webb. Yeah, Alexander Twenty Three. Yeah, maybe.
1: Um, who else messaged me? Dan from Dan and Shay. Oh. I don't know who that is. I love them. They're
0: so. I love you too. He. They're so Angels. good.
1: Angels. Yeah, yeah. I love and them. The
0: nicest people.
1: He seemed so nice. Like I was like, oh my god, sixteen year old me would be crying. I couldn't get tickets to your show, and he was like, you let me know anytime. <laughs> We'll give you free tickets. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, thanks. Um, who else reached out? Julia Michaels.
0: Oh, that's a big deal for you. I
1: like cried. I was freaking out. Like I'm just so obsessed with her. I'm now like Clinton Kane. I know Clinton Kane now. He's the best. Um, JP Sachs, um, Ryan Tedder. He's... Now I right with Ryan Tedder. <laughs>
0: have have you done a session with him?
1: Yeah, I've done a few.
0: What was that What, 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 what have you learned from like, him?
1: Cra- I did it with him and Michael Pollack. And oh, I look Yeah. Michael's also insane.
0: <laughs> Michael's one of the greatest people ever, but also exactly. one of the greatest writers, like of our generation. Yep. My generation, again, you're young. I just
1: watched them do stuff. You, and I'm I, like, wow. Is that stuff true? The song's <laughs> they're just so good. Like Michael just comes up with like the whole thing at once. And you're like, that was such an Ed Sheeran move of you. Like that was so <laughs> insane. But they're like, they're such a duo. It's so weird though. Like I even said to Ryan like I had one of my really close friends when I was in like grade 10 passed away and the stuff I listened to was like only one republic Mm. and like I had like two specific songs that got me through it like mid session I'm like Ryan I just have to say like you really got me through my friend's death (laughs) and he's like oh my god what and like even then I'll be sitting there just looking at Ryan and I'm like I totally did the solo of Counting Stars in Choir. And I'm like, that's just so weird that now I'm like sitting in front of Ryan Tedder. So just like every so many deja vu moments when I'm around. I,
0: your sessions with Ryan Tedder, is it always with Michael or is it just? Yeah,
1: it has been. Really?
0: really the everyone?
1: Times. There was another one. Um, who else was in it? I think his name was Andrew. <laughs> I don't know if that could be
0: wrong. <laughs> Are, any songs for the album?
1: Um, I think so. I think there's I think there's at least one. Ooh. There's just so many that I don't know right now. There's like five that I'm like, that's for sure on the album. Everybody agrees with it. And the rest are like, tomorrow may not be promised. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Ryan Tedder.
1: It's just so... Like, that kind of stuff just goes so over your head. Like, when I'm sitting there with Ryan, I don't think I'm with the Ryan Tedder from One Republic. I'm just like, oh, I'm in a session. And yeah. then a week later, I'm like... That's so weird. Like, what the hell? That was the Ryan Tedder. Just
0: making art with a peer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just writing songs with the guy who has every number one hit in the world. And then when you go use his bathroom, the Adele Grammy's on the toilet. And you're like, okay, I'm in a superstar's house.
0: (laughs) A reminder.
1: Yeah, just a reminder that he did win a Grammy. It's awesome. So crazy.
0: By the way, please listen to Lauren Spencer Smith's music. There's going to be a link in the description below. Flowers is the single that is coming. Yeah. April 14th. Pre-save yeah, it. it. Link below too. Yes. That's really exciting.
1: I'm so excited. It's one of those songs that I'm like, out of all my songs, I think it's in my top three favorite songs I've ever written.
0: Where does Fingers Cross fall that. that?
1: Mm. I would say that's in the top. Top three as well, probably. But that also might be being influenced by the fact that it did really well. But at the time, I was but, extremely connected to Fingers Crossed and the reason I wrote it. It's a good song. Thank you. I like, think it's a great song. I remember leaving the session and just, like, thinking, like, dang, like, this one, like, seems a lot better than the rest of the other songs I've written.
0: To you, what sounded different?
1: It just, the melodies just sounded really catchy. And a couple of the lyrics seemed very spot on. Like saying, like, I want all the tears back that I cried. I was like, I've never said something like that. Like, for a while when I was writing, I felt like I was writing basic. You know, writing what everyone has written in a normal pop tune. Whereas midway through writing, I started, like, listening to J.P. and Julia Michaels even more and just realizing how specific they were with things. And then I started to be really specific. And Fingers Crossed was one of those, like, First couple sessions of me being like, I need to be specific about what happened to me and really say it in the lyrics.
0: And do you keep that moving forward?
1: Yeah, I do that all the time. I'm like, we need to say, you know, I have one song and the opening line is like, showed up at my house at eight o'clock because my boyfriend picked me up at eight. Like, I'm like, let's tell exactly what happened in specific form so people can like envision themselves in the moment.
0: Genius yeah. is in details. Yeah. It's also what sets people apart. Yeah. Any
1: normal is boring.
0: Nah, but like yeah. <laughs> focusing on details and being yourself, and like uh, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, asbestos- It Makes it
1: easier to write the song because then I'm like, what are you writing about? I'm like, okay, we're writing about Matt, which is my boyfriend. I'm like, great. He showed up at eight. He looked cute, and I'm like, then the the whole song is like, you you brought me flowers, looking all dressed up, or the next words. I'm like, great. Like, let's say how I was really overwhelmed because he was cute. I didn't know if I could fall in love. And then, like, we were just writing lyrics about exactly what happened. Like, it's so easy to tell the story when you're actually telling the story and you're not making stuff up. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Scary, to be honest, or are you just over that?
1: I'm, like, such an oversharer. It's not (laughs) even funny. So I'm, like, I'm that person that keeps talking and then people are, like, Lauren, you can't just, like, tell everybody your personal business like that. And I'm, like... Okay. So, like, I don't really get scared, to be honest. I almost have to pull back being like, the person I wrote this about, is this, like, offending them. Really? Yeah, because I'm like, oh, what if I write this? Is that, like, shady that I just, like, gave the exact story? But then I'm like, "Mm, nobody would know. Like, I definitely think about it because I'm way too honest in my songs.
0: Nobody would know except for that person that's about.
1: And then I'm like, is that bad? No. Yeah.
0: Do they deserve it?
1: A little bit, nah. Or, yes and no. You
0: know it's really interesting. Like I, you, you mentioned the Joshua Bassett interview, and we're talking about mm-hmm. writing music about people. Mm-hmm. And I took a very hard stance in that conversation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but mostly just about like, not about writing about people in your art. I mm-hmm. think you should, gosh, it's your art. Mm-hmm. It's whatever is you. You should mm-hmm. share however, whatever you feel comfortable. But mm-hmm. it is interesting, like. Writing music about people and then letting people kind of interpret the rest. Yeah. Just putting it out there and then just, like, walking away.
1: It is, like, I always tell people, like, if my fans randomly discovered who Fingers Crossed was about, I would go on the internet and lie and be like, it's not about them. We're still friends. What Y'all are playing. Mm. Or at least post on my story and be like, can we please spread kindness? Like, yes, I think I have permission to write about whatever I want to write about because I went through it but also having that amount of followers like it is also you should try your best to not let people destroy other people like I didn't write a song about somebody so my fans would go after them obliterate obliterate them on the internet and now they have no life and they don't want to walk in the street like that's not my goal (laughs) my goal is to just talk about my emotions and completely avoid that anybody would know it's about somebody. Yeah.
0: But, but, like, right? Heal heal yourself and then allow other people to, exactly. to find themselves in the art and heal themselves yeah. as well.
1: Like, the art's not about them. It's about the healing process. It's not an excuse others. for hate. Yeah. And I've never been about, like, like, yeah. I don't think the person I, like, wrote it about deserves to be, you know— <laughs>
0: thrown into the bus on the internet yeah
1: like i don't think they deserve that i want everyone even if they feel like they did me wrong to like do well in life and find themselves like i would never want someone oh, like i'm crazy. doing well so why would i like wish hate that's beautiful. On somebody also like if that person didn't do it to me i wouldn't have fingers crossed so i'm like thank you for the trauma
0: <laughs> yeah your it's life great. changed because of it in the yeah. best way yeah all of your dreams are coming true is that it's fair weird.
1: Yeah, they really are. <laughs> a lot of them have already come true.
0: Do you have like a list, like like? We're... I
1: did, and I have ticked off almost everything on the list, really? other than like selling out certain stadiums and we'll stuff like that. that. But like, I always wanted like, I don't know, like my song to be in the top forty radio, or like, I wanted to be like the only things I. Like, I have to make a new list. Like, when I first started meeting with people after, fingers crossed, like, label-wise, they're like, what's your list? And I would be like, oh, I want to be on a billboard in Times Square and, like, little lists like that. And, like, now they're like, what's on your list? I'm like, I don't know. We crossed everything off. I need bigger goals. Is
0: Rogers Stadium or Arena on your list?
1: Like, where I live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big one. I really want... To sell out Rogers and I wanna sell out BC Place. Cool. Usually BC Place doesn't have, do music as much. It's more like sporting events. But I saw One Direction at BC Place and they sold that shit out. So I'm like You're next. I'm next. Or two nights at Rogers in a row. Sick. Or Wembley Stadium.
0: Oh goosebumps I got yeah. right now. Yeah. I wanna come see you at Rogers. That's of gonna happen. Course.
1: Yeah, you're there. Manifest Backstage. this shit on the couch. I uh, <laughs> I have a book, I'm gonna I write in it all the time. Dude,
0: I mean yeah. it's real. It is. But even like you were talking about it earlier in the conversation, like you just saying that you're going to be a singer, you're going to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. with like absolute certainty.
1: I just manifest things like everyone in my life always says they're like, Lauren, anything you say, I have no doubt you're going to do it. Like some way, shape or form. You write it down 10 times and you dedicate the next however many months or years of your life to completing that one thing that you manifested. It'll like happen. it just so happens if you manifest. Believe it.
0: Sick. Mm hmm. Damn, Lauren Spencer Smith, an honor talking to you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Please listen to her music. There's a link in the description below. Pre-save flowers. Also, there's a link down there to do it. And uh, yeah, I think I covered, you know, pretty much uh, everything. Yeah. This was fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited.
0: Come back whenever Uh, you want.
1: I will be back, for sure.
0: You have an open... uh, album.
1: When the album drops and I sell out Rogers, we'll back.
0: You know what? Yeah, come back for the album, come back for Rogers. You have a lot of things to come back for. I know. I feel like you're gonna be releasing music for a very long time.
1: I hope so, I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an emotional wreck, so I always have problems. Like, I would just, I'm gonna end up writing songs about like spilling milk on the floor.
0: Well, you're in a good place right now. Like, are you, it, do you ever get afraid that you're not gonna experience enough shit to write about?
1: Sometimes, like I've been in a weird phase lately where I haven't been like crazy sad, like how how, I, how sad I was. When I wrote Fingers Crossed and the most of the songs on my album, I'm not sad like that. And so I'm like, where is my inspiration coming for album two?
0: Wherever you're at Somebody now. Somebody
1: needs to F me up
0: because
1: <laughs> or... I need to write a second album. <laughs> yeah. You're down,
0: d- you're down to suffer it. just for art?
1: I'm down to suffer for art. But I think there's other things I could write about that I haven't fully tapped into. Because I've been like, it's okay. We can write the first one about boys. I don't need to get into mm. anything else. Whereas, like, my writers know my life story, and they're like, Lauren, there's so much we've been trying to get you to write about, but you won't write about it yet. So maybe when album two comes around, I'll be, like, willing to open up about that stuff.
0: Slow and steady.
1: Yeah, slow. (laughs) Extremely slow.
0: Lauren Spencer-Smith, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our interview with Lauren Spencer-Smith. If you want to see it. It's up on youtube all you gotta do is search for the zach sang show we'll be there and please subscribe to our podcast share it with those you care about and let us know who we should interview next at zach sang show on any form of social media please don't be afraid to reach out now have an amazing day be safe don't go to jail hug your family if you can And i'll talk to you soon
1: today's show is hosted and executive produced by zach
0: sang he was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Grace Delia, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph
1: Hartshore. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock.
0: And our production coordinator was Bryce Herles. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.